Hello, and welcome to the Narrowing Path, Walking the Spiritual Walk. My name is Steven Eiderstein, and thank you for joining me again as we do the third video podcast for this podcast. I am excited to do it. I've really grown to kind of like the video interaction. Honestly, it's been a great journey, uh, just learning about this and learning about how to distribute it and upload it and all that. It's been this this first uh, this year has been really interesting for me to be able to get everything up and going for a different media format for the podcast, and I'm sure it'll grow and it'll expand and I'll get more fancy maybe even but right now I keep it pretty simple but thank you for joining me though for the video review of the third chapter of the book as a man thinketh by James Allen and for those who might be just joining in for those who might be um, just checking out this one for the first time and not seeing the reasoning why I picked this book is this is uh, this is the book right here that I read out of the other day that uh, or the last podcast last weekend and excuse me and um, it's been an influential book in my life it really had a important role that it played at the beginning of my recovery as I'm somebody that is in a uh, in sobriety probably the better way to say it. and I'm really grateful for it so I chose this book we did a year of James Allen last year this is daily meditations and that went really well I really enjoyed that so I decided to pick a James Allen book to start with this year all of the daily meditations from James Allen you can find online they're on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all those. So they're pretty accessible right now. And I think I have a channel with all of them on there, right? or a playlist right now on the YouTube channel with all of them. So thank you for checking this out. Please go ahead, like, subscribe, jump on over to the Facebook, give that a like as well. And I'd love to hear from you. So any comments you might have, questions, input, your own experience with this book, I'd love to hear it. So, thank y'all so much. So, let's go ahead and we'll get into it. So, as this uh, has gone for the first, excuse the nose itch there, as it's gone for the first um, couple chapters, I read the chapter, then the next week I do a video review. So, we've got the chapter read last weekend, and I hope y'all got a couple listens to it, uh, just to kind of hear what it's about. And the chapter is called effect of thought on health and body so just so everyone's aware i read it out of that copy i showed you previously uh i have another copy here that i have all marked up that's how this goes when i read and when i study something it's very the book gets messy so i got one that's not a um a uh, antique and something i want to keep reserved so I am looking forward to it. This is a really cool chapter in this book. And there's a lot of science that backs up. Well, let me just say this. A lot of the observations that James Allen makes here and a lot of the claims he makes here are now, some of them are even now just well known. 
to everybody and it's pretty direct correlations as to like how this actually affects you right how thought actually affects your body physical physically in the direct manifestation right um he talks about that in this book or this chapter but there's also the aspect of this which is what is considered the metaphysical portion the part of what you think about will manifest in your body right and there's some science and some research coming out and some other people that really practice the healing methods uh, associated with thinking associated with thought and meditation and it, and looking at how just hope can be one of the biggest indicators of whether somebody can actually pull through a surgery or not right there is a lot of information coming in stating that your mindset what you think about the perspective on the world that you have plays a major impact on your physical health so this was written in 1903 or at least published then you probably had a little bit more time into it before then but it's pretty incredible to me that this can be talked about so long ago and now we're just figuring it out we're just finding the data to start backing up these claims and to find out that he was true it's pretty cool or, or, he, or his claims were true or at least partially true I, I tend to lean more towards they are absolutely true from my just own personal experience that's enough proof that I need a lot of times but there is some actual scientific evidence that's being brought about so let's get into this let's go ahead and then we'll get into this chapter it's a fairly short chapter too so <clears throat> this one won't be as long as the first or the second for sure the second was an hour-long um, video review of the second chapter and that was definitely a lengthier one to get through so this one will be a little bit shorter so uh, I'm excited so let's get into it and again this is effect of thought on health and body which is the third chapter from the book as a man thinketh by James Allen now he starts off this chapter I every paragraph in these books or in this book has important and relevant information in it. He distilled this concept, these metaphysical concepts, these um, psychological concepts into impressively small space. <laughs> it's uh, it's very concise a lot of times. So we, he doesn't waste time with too hefty of an introduction. It's got the, the very first paragraph gives a pretty distinct and clear um, interpretation and understanding uh, of what to expect going forward. And that first line is quite important. And uh, I'm just going to read it just so we can give a little context. The body is the servant of the mind. 
it obeys the operations of the mind, whether they be deliberately chosen or automatically expressed. Okay, so why is that important? Today, there's a lot of under people and understandings and perspectives and practices that believe that circumstances affect the body, body affects the mind. And though that can be true when growing up, I do believe that that initial formation and growth of our physical bodies can have that chain of influence be relevant which we yeah circumstances shape our physical bodies physical bodies shape our mind so but when we mature when we become adults when we take responsibility for ourselves entirely in our character and who we are instead of being the victims of the external circumstances it's a moment of maturity it's a moment of accountability and responsibility that it flips that chain of influence reverses and at the bottom of the chain is circumstance and the body through actions create the circumstances that you're in the mind affects the body that's what he said here the body is the servant of the mind the body responds to the mind okay and always we're talking about just to live where we're breathing and processing and digesting food all these things that we do without a thought but also everything that we do intentionally every actions that we take in this physical world outside of our internal operations we'll say so ultimately at the top of influence is the god that you serve right and now I say it like in those senses because for many it's a deity, many it is God, many it is this power and this presence. But some people from the more atheistic perspective could say society, could say Mother Nature, could say um, universe. So that is what is at the top of these chains of influence. And next is that little piece of that that's a part of you, and that's part of me, right? That spirit. We talk about souls, um, that connection we have with nature and the universe. So it goes that power greater than ourselves that we're in service to, to that power that exists within us, then the power, then that power influences the mind, mind influences the body, body makes circumstances. So it goes God, God, spirit, mind, body, circumstances. That's the order of operations in 
a matured perspective and understanding. And a spiritually matured, maybe, is a better way to say that. Not just physically matured, not just mentally matured, but emotionally and spiritually. Instead of being the victim of the world, it's changing and taking the responsibility for your circumstances, for your health, for your relationships. And when you do that, you start to affect the inside and the inside, like we said in that first chapter, shows and is demonstrated through our actions, which create our circumstances, which is what we talked about in the last chapter. So this process is incredible, but we have to have the proper understanding of who, what is serving what. Okay. So the body serves the mind that is the first line of this and we have to believe that we have to understand that we have to have that realization and that perspective right the body is the servant of the mind it obeys the operations of the mind whether he deliberately whether it be deliberately chosen or automatically expressed right so whether it's an action we're choosing or a subconscious action we're taking or attitude we're having you know, it can be a lot of things, but all of those manifest from the mind. That's what on thought and character was establishing for us. Deliberate, non-deliberate, intentional, unintentional. They all started as thoughts somewhere in our brain. So we go into the next thing where it says disease and health like circumstances are rooted in thought. So these are two conditions of the body. Is your body diseased? Is your body healthy? It makes a difference as to the language that you use. But these conditions, these um, states of our physical body are dependent greatly on our mind and the thoughts we're choosing to take and entertain and grow and allow in to to take a larger part, right? Sickly thoughts will express themselves in sickly body. Thoughts of fear have been known to kill a man as speedily as a bullet. And they are continually killing thousands of people, surely, and though less rapidly. And I think that's an, an obvious observation, maybe. But and very important one to make because when I read that I didn't realize it until it was put in that wording a lot of the things James Allen's been able to give me through his work is words and perspective for me to actually correctly view what's going on right because you you want to tell me my thoughts affect my body a while ago, I wouldn't really tru truly believe that. But I've seen people die because of fear, right? They'll have a heart attack. The fear instills a sense of panic so strong and adrenaline that, that they're, they go into cardiac arrest, right? That's a prime example of how our thinking can actually affect our physical bodies in a very direct way. I kind of was talking about that at the beginning. 
and but fear continuously will have a different effect on our body this is one of the things that we are getting more proof about when we're talking about fear is a causes the stress hormone cortisol which causes all these other things that age our body which suppress our body's immune systems which have a significant impact on our physical health and all it is is the way we think about things all it is is the understanding we have of an object or individual or a circumstance that's the only difference between being stressed and having all this cortisol pump through your system or not it's incredible when you actually put it together that way that the mind has that much influence over our physical body's progression. So, anxiety quickly demoralizes the whole body and lays it open to the entrance of disease while impure thoughts, even if not physically indulged, will soon shatter the nervous system. Right? That's what we're talking about. That's what I was talking about with the cortisol. Anxiety, which is a fear-based emotion, makes us more susceptible to becoming sick. And then an anxious person, from my own personal experience, will get anxious about being sick or becoming sick, which actually puts them in a position to become sick more easily and regularly. That's how I used to be when I first got sober. I was terrified of everything. I would catch cold and this and that. The other thing, my... my first year of sobriety it was um, i was a mess my body physically was a mess from all of the toxic poison i was putting into it and then my thinking was causing just as much damage to my body and i didn't even realize it i was an anxious depressive person panic attacks regularly just because i had to interact with people it's pretty incredible to see the transformation that one can have just by changing the way they think about things. That's been my direct experience. So, disease and health, in general, all disease, is a side effect of how we think, the thoughts that we have. That's the premise for the cell chapter. The, there's a quote here the end of the next paragraph that really gives a good summation of this whole thing the body is a delicate and plastic instrument which responds readily to the thoughts of by which it is impressed and habits of thought will produce their own effects good or bad upon it so this is one of those laws that we talk about or at least i talk about excuse me that will always function that's why it's called a spiritual law. Whatever you put into the front end of that law, you will get in the back end. Right? Every time. Is The body is a delicate plastic instrument. So it's moldable. It's shapeable. It is flexible. It's moldable to our thoughts, which responds readily to the thoughts by which it is impressed. Our body will have this reaction will manifest these behaviors and trigger fight or flight response any whatever emotion it is it's cause of here that's why two people can experience the exact same situation and one gets becomes an anxious wreck out of fear and the other doesn't 
They're just very casual about it and let things go. It's incredible when you take that understanding into it, right? When you understand that our body is 100% reactive to the way we think about things. It gives us a lot of power as long as we're willing to change our thoughts. So the habits of thought will produce their own effects, good or bad, upon it. So your body's current state and condition is the direct result of your thinking. Which is going to be hard for some people to swallow. It's going to be hard for some people to believe. But I've come to understand for myself, and I don't do this perfectly, I don't execute on this spiritual law effectively all the time, I believe my practice has grown significantly and my health has improved significantly because of this practice and this belief. But I am not perfect at it. I still feel those sickly thoughts, right? Selfishness, self-centered, fearful, jealous, anger, insecure. Those are the things that drive my body to be sick. Those are the things that cause a distorted reality. That affect me. That affects me. And my body reacts to it. So, I'm working on it though. You know, and this... It's pretty impressive. It's pretty... Incredible. I won't say impressive. It's pretty incredible what you can accomplish when you believe this to be true. There's a individual out there named Joe Dispenza who's doing a lot with meditations and doing a lot with... What he calls the quantum field and tapping into our body's natural healing abilities and there's a lot of people out there and a lot of science out there now that because he's measuring these things some some data at least potentially to prove how impactful our thinking is on our bodies and how much we can actually control what our body's manifesting so there's many skeptics i understand that but the little bit that I've dipped my toes into that world, I do believe there's a lot of truth in it, you know? So, um, good or bad, your body will react to your thoughts. So what you actually hold in your heart, which drives your thinking, you know, what you're, what you're holding in your heart, what your spirit's trying to place there, if you follow the will of your higher power you're going to be practicing all these good thoughts all these good practices all these good um, little tricks to think uh, healthy loving service and selfless thoughts that cause selfless selfless and service actions and loving actions which then have an incredibly positive effect on your body but on a diff if you if your mind is being used to serve only your animalistic pleasures and your satisfactory momentary satisfactions then it will become sick 
And this is actually pretty interesting because there's a lot of health nuts out there. There's a lot of health gurus out there. There's a lot of people that when you are looking to change something about you physically, they'll find. And But this line has such a very obvious and direct impact when uh, on like let's say diet all of these different fad diets all of these different things that are going on change of diet will not help a man who will not change his thoughts when a man makes his thoughts pure no longer he no longer desires impure food this is why people fail at dieting this is why either they can't stick to it Or they will stick to it and won't do anything. Right? It's because our thinking, our mentality has this very, very significant significant effect on what our body's holding on to. That includes fat. That includes disease. That includes sickness. That includes so many things. So... I love how he states there, no longer desires impure food. When you purify your thoughts, you don't want all this impure food, this junk food in your life anyway. You want to actually maintain your body's integrity. You want to be somebody that is healthy inside and out, mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Right? Because the act of purifying your thoughts will immediately reflect on your body, right? Like all of the bad foods that we eat, whether it's too much caffeine, whether it's sugar, whether it's uh, whatever you else you think is negative people that are on the gluten kick and all these other things, which can be real for some people. Some people are gluten sensitive, you know? I'm not here to knock any of that. What I'm here to tell you is if you don't change your thinking about why you wanted that in the first place, it's not going to work. Your results will be limited as per your mindset. I believe that 100% wholeheartedly. People eat sugar because it does something for them. It did something for me. I just recently quit eating sugar four months ago. because. But I like the sweetness of it. I like the rush it gave me. I like the feel good of having a coffee with all this sugar. Having a, these uh, sweets. I love cheesecake. Loved it. Got to the point where I was eating a piece a day. Or a quarter of a cheesecake a day. Depending on when you're asking about it. I had to be willing to sacrifice that immediate animalistic pleasure that I was getting out of eating sugar to have a healthier life. Right? So I purified my thoughts around it. I had to actually see what purpose it was serving me and then be willing to let that go. It's not always the most fun thing to do, but it's true. It's been my experience at least. Clean thoughts make clean habits. The so-called saint who does not wash his body is not a saint. He has, he who has strengthened and purified his thoughts does not need to consider the malevolent micro because we start taking care of things. Cleanliness comes from within, you know. Some people try to clear, clear uh, purify their thoughts and 
organize their mind by organizing out here, out, outside of themselves. And that might work temporarily. But then you could become dependent on an organized place. Now, I'm not saying disorganization is okay, to be honest with you. What that statement just said is when you organize your mind, when you cleanse your mind, when you purify your mind, when you start having healthy thoughts, you will have healthy habits. So, your external world, there's a lot of people out there that talk about this, like get up in the morning, make your bed, clean your room, um, get into a place to be able to manage your own personal life before you try to manage other people's, right? So, this is kind of a similar process as it is in the 12-step community or recovery community for substances. Stop the bad behavior to take a look at the thinking behind it. Then fix the thinking and the you don't have to worry about the bad behavior anymore. The bad behavior will no longer serve you, right? Clean up around you to see the thinking behind why you've let your physical environment get that way, why you've let your physical body become that way. Fix the thinking. And then you never have to worry about that problem resurfacing again. It's amazing. With content, constant and with constant maintenance anyway. I should add that in because a change won't take place forever without a desire to maintain a healthy mind and healthy spiritual condition. So just remember that. Now, if you would protect your body, guard your mind. If you would renew your body, beautify your mind. Right? Our bodies, a lot of time, we don't even give our bodies the opportunity to heal. You know the people that are worried about being sick all the time? They get sick. We talked about that a little bit earlier, right? People that are worried about not being able to sleep, the anxiety of not sleeping will keep them awake, right? The contortion our face will go through when we're constantly angry, when we're constantly scared or depressed, when we're lonely and sad, it shows on your face. It physically affects you. Our body reacts to these emotions that we hold, which are caused by our thinking, they're not caused by external things. These are things caused by our thinking. It will physically manifest on our bodies. And then our bodies aren't even given the opportunity to heal properly. They aren't even given the opportunity to, to nourish themselves. We're eating poorly, sleeping poorly, taking drugs just to get through a day, whether it's narcotics or prescription. We pump so much into our bodies with the hope that it'll fix us when no external thing will really fix us. It's going to have to come in from the inside. Change the external behavior. See the thinking. Fix the thinking. Change your intentions. The thinking will stay and the bad behavior won't come back. You'll have new, healthier habits. So... Protect your body by protecting your mind. 
Be careful what you allow into your mind. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Be careful what you're reading. Be careful what you're listening to. Right? This. What are we feeding ourselves? What perspectives are we constantly taking? Right? What selfishness and self-centeredness are we letting rule our lives? These are big questions. And these... If you're willing to think about them and entertain them, the answers to them will actually help you in more ways than you can imagine, let alone physically. Right? Protect your mind if you want to protect your body. I like that next part too. If you would renew your body, beautify your mind. We put our bodies through a lot of things. A lot of times people don't come out the gate with healthy thinking. We just don't, right? To swap that, to take the responsibility, understand the body serves the mind, and then be able to address the mind, the body will heal. The body will rejuvenate, right? It's incredibly powerful, and it's a lot of strength that we are being given here. But it's up to us to actually embrace it. So, he talks about here just how he's known people, right? That made a met a woman 96 whose bright innocent face of a girl I know a man well under middle age whose face is drawn into inharmonious contour one is the result of sweet and sunny disposition the other outcome of passion and discontented right we have frown lines we have laugh lines that's part of passion he's talking about you know we have um, forehead ridges you know who has the two um Wrinkles right here from constantly in contemplation, fierce contemplation, usually anger driven, honestly. And how much does this show up on our faces? How much does the world see about our demeanor and character without us intentionally revealing it purely by the effect it's taken on our faces? <laughs> Which sounds a little crazy, I get it. But it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. You cannot have a sweet and wholesome abode unless you admit air and sunshine freely into your rooms. So a strong body and a bright, happy, or serene countenance can only result from a free admittance into the mind of thoughts of joy, goodwill, and serenity. The freedom and health comes from thoughts of love and joy and peace, serenity, kindness, compassion. It frees us from these things that would stress us and these things that would hold our body for ransom. It serves our minds, excuse me, our body serves our mind. And we have to make sure the things our mind is communicating for our body to manifest on it are healthy, happy, joyful, loving. 
this is a good thing to check. Take a look at yourself. Take a look at what's going on with it. Take a look at all of these things. And you don't even have to fully believe me, but you can entertain the idea. Try to hold the perspective that what do I think about all the time? What runs through my head so often that might cause this? You'll be surprised what surfaces. Because there will be something that comes up. There will be some things that you'll dismiss. At least I do. I did. I've changed a lot of it. Once in a while I still have to ask this question. But I've changed a lot of it. So. But those who have lived righteously, ages, calm, peaceful, and softly mellowed like a setting sun. I have recently seen a philosopher on his deathbed. He was not old except in years. He died as sweetly and peacefully as he had lived. It's a, what a beautiful sentence that is. We all know these people. We all know these people that have found a spiritual serenity. That, that thing that we, so many of us are vying for and searching for. It really just lies within us in, in the purification of our minds. And that's what he's talking about here. If you don't believe that your mind has an effect on how your body reacts and is sick and the level of healthiness you might have, you're just lying to yourself. Now we're coming to the end of this, but... This last paragraph has a lot. There is no physician like cheerful thought for dissipating the ills of the body. There's no comforter to compare than goodwill for dispersing the shadows of grief and sorrow. Right? How many in this day and age have heard the saying, laughter is the best medicine? And it sounds ridiculous to reference that. I get it. I probably would have questioned the person's integrity that told me that in the beginning too but if you can take that and say that didn't stick around and that isn't as believed or so strong there, there's those that have such a strong belief in that there must be a reason behind it if you can entertain that thought it, it will take you far enough to believe it I promise. It's hope and joy are some of the best medicines for a body that's failing, that's ill, that's sickly and diseased. Hope is such an important part of a recovery. And I'm talking about recovery from substances, depression, grief, loss, um, physical recoveries as well from diseases hope hope that it can be better hope that it can be different is absolutely crucial to a speedy recovery to a lasting recovery if you can hold on to hope you'll go farther than you even know so and goodwill this is something Goodwill for grief and sorrow, right? Helping someone else. I've had a lot of... I've had 
substantial losses in my life, close family members and friends. And I can tell you, the things that helped the most were helping others, giving back, being a part of something, connection. Those got me out of myself, my own selfishness, my own self-pity. So that, just from my own personal experience, there's no comforter to compare them with goodwill for dispersing the shadows of grief and sorrow. There isn't. It's, there's nothing that will work so effectively as giving. Alright, now the last sentence here, or the last part, yeah, last sentence of this par last paragraph. But to think well of all, to be cheerful with all, to patiently learn to find the good in all, such unselfish thoughts are the very portals of heaven, heaven right here on earth. And to dwell day by day in thoughts of peace toward every creature will bring abounding peace to their possessor. Our bodies are a direct reflection of what we think about. Our bodies are a direct reflection of how we live, our character, just like our circumstances, right? Our circumstances are shaped by our actions, which are shaped by our thoughts. Our bodies, our health, is shaped by our body's reaction to our thoughts. There's no real argument about that from my perspective, and my understanding, and also my experience. So, I love that chapter. I love that chapter because it gives the power back to me, back to you. It gives it gives the power back to me. And it, but with that power comes responsibility. It comes responsibility for your own health your own cleanliness all of these things they all show your thoughts and the selfishness or selflessness of them they're a direct result of that so another great one absolutely love that chapter uh, I love getting into this stuff, and uh, I appreciate everyone that's jumping on. Again, like, subscribe, uh, go to Facebook, give us a follow in, in, or a like, and give us a little feedback. What do you think about this whole uh, book here that we're going through, this uh, As a Man Thinketh, and let me know. I'd love to hear some feedback, and I guess next week we'll jump on, and we'll I'll uh, give you the fourth reading of... James Allen's As a Man Thinketh, and I believe, yeah, this one is going to be called Thought and Purpose. I think that's the next one we're on. Yes. Yeah, Thought and Purpose. So, which is another great one. I mean, the whole book's great, so you're just going to probably just get tired of me saying that. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic book. I hope everyone that's listened to this has their own copy. You can follow along and mark it up like I do. So, um, thank you all for joining so until next time, thanks.